Turn to Colossians chapter 4 in verse 12. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic Version. So if you don't have the Amplified, you can look up on the screen. But it's also good in the King James and other translations. But notice here, in the Amplified Bible, Paul says there's a guy named Epaphras, all right? He says he's one of yourselves, you that are in the church of Colossae. Epaphras, who is one of yourselves, he's a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always striving for you earnestly in his prayers. In other words, what he's praying was really serious to him. Pleading that you at Colossae may be, may as persons of right character and clear conviction stand firm. This is what he's praying, that you would stand firm and mature in spiritual growth, convinced and fully assured in everything willed by God. Now, I just want you to know, I pray this prayer for this church all the time. It's called a grow up prayer. It's called a spiritual development prayer. I pray it all the time because growth doesn't happen after one prayer. Other things can happen after one prayer, you know, healing, deliverance. But growth is something you have to keep praying for people because you don't pray one prayer and bang, you're mature immediately. Maturity is a process. And the thing that I believe the Lord wanted us to talk about at the beginning of the year is something that will make next December way different than last month. If we'll heed these things and do these things and practice these things, your December 2019 will be powerful, life-changing, amazing, and something you'll be so glad that you did what you were supposed to do to get there. So we're going to talk about this thing called spiritual growth. Now I'm going to say right off the bat, there are some things people are praying for that they'll never get until they grow up spiritually because a lot of this prayer has to do with you doing things. Epaphras was praying for people to grow up spiritually, but a lot of these prayers were answered in the area of what they needed to do Wisdom on what to do, knowledge on what to do to come out of certain situations and problems because some things aren't going to be fixed just by somebody praying for you, but it's going to help you to develop spiritually as you do the things that growth calls for. So I want to pray this prayer for ourselves again right now. Can we do that? So let's pray it together. I'm going to, I'm going to say these words. I want you to say them. We're going to put us in the... In the The scripture instead of just those at Colossae. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help me to be ripe in character and to spiritually develop according to your perfect will. Help me to stand perfect and complete and spiritually mature In all the will of God. And now just thank Him that it's happening. Father, we thank You that from this prayer on, we're going to grow spiritually with Your help. We're going to develop properly. We're going to increase. We're going to know what to do. We're going to put forth effort. And we thank You, Lord, that the results will be amazing. And when people see our lives, they're going to want what we got. And we'll point them to You, Jesus, and we thank You for it. Amen. In Galatians 4, if you turn to Galatians 4, we're going to read another scripture here concerning a similar thing that happened in Colossians there. In Galatians 4, verse 19. Now this is Paul the Apostle praying for the churches of Galatia. And I want you to notice the language he uses here. Galatians 4, 19. Paul said, my little children. Now these were not Paul's physical children. He's saying my little children in the spiritual sense. Paul was instrumental to help these people in the churches of Galatia to be born again. He preached to them. He prayed for them. He travailed in prayer for them. And the result was they got free from the power of Satan. They turned to God. They got delivered in what the Bible calls born again. And he said my little children, his spiritual children, of whom I travail in birth again. Everybody say again. That means he'd already done some travailing before this and it was so they could be born again and become babies in Christ. 
Yeah, but now Paul's saying, okay, I got you, helped you get saved. The Lord saved you. I, I was instrumental in helping that to happen. But now something else needs to happen in your life, believer. And it's called Christ being formed in you. See, if the devil can't stop you from getting saved, and he can't if you just make up your mind to receive Jesus. If he can't stop you from getting saved, he'll try to stop the growth process so you're not much of an influence for Jesus while you're on the earth. If he can't keep you from getting saved, he'll try to keep your influence for Jesus going nowhere. There needs to be a big difference between non-believers and believers. More than just an invisible ticket to heaven. And this is what the devil fights. If he can't keep you from being saved, he's going to try to mess up the growth process in your life. And you, you can see how serious this was to the Lord. How serious was this to Paul? And Epaphras, they use words like labor, like a woman giving birth, travail. Why? Because it's serious business that the church grows up. You know, if the church doesn't, you know, there's nobody else on this planet. Even the angels aren't commissioned to do what the church is called to do. We are the only ones on this planet called to preach the gospel, to help people get saved, to miss hell and go to heaven. We are the only ones called to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're the only ones called to do these things that Jesus did when he was on the earth. And if we're babies, immature, fussing and fighting, getting offended... Who's going to do these things that are supposed to do what Jesus told us to do? Preach. Lay hands on the sick. Who's going to do it? If we're all in this immature state, who's going to do these things? So in other words, there'll be more people in heaven if we grow up. There'll be more people healed if the church grows up. There'll be more people delivered. More people saved if we grow up spiritually. Did you see those words spiritual growth? There's a similarity between spiritual growth and physical growth. Actually, a striking similarity between spiritual growth and physical growth. And we're going to look at some of these traits of a spiritual baby, which is wonderful if that's where you are. Ain't real wonderful if you're supposed to be an adult spiritually. But we want to look at the scriptures on spiritual babyhood, spiritual childhood, and then, of course, manhood. And as we look at some of these characteristics and traits, you're going to begin to locate yourself. You may or may not like what you find, but the good news is you're still breathing and there's still hope and we can all grow. But, it, but now we, as we talk about spiritual growth, you're going to find out there's something really interesting about spiritual growth. Aging is not maturing. There's more to maturing than just time going by. And we don't know how mature we are by how much we know. We're mature by how much we can endure. How much we have been enduring. You know, you're only as big as what annoys you. Did you know that? I mean, really, you're only as big as what ticks you off. Well, that breaking point um, needs to be a lot farther <laughs> in the time frame by next December as it was last. In other words, we need to be not so easily offended, touchy. Uh, you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> we'll be easy on you right now. We're going to dive into this. So now I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want to prove to you that we don't just mature by reason of time. I can show you a lot of very aged people <laughs> who maybe aren't quite where they thought they were in the matur maturity zone. All right, we won't point anybody out. No, there's nobody here like that, right? <laughs> we'll let you decide that as we get into this. First, First Peter chapter 5, you're really going to like this church. Now, we, we did a hope note on this called Growing Up. All right? And that's out there in the kiosk, and it's free. All that literature is free out there. You can take these, read them, and hand them out to other people. They're hope notes, right? We're all hope dealers here. All right, so you can... But this one's called Growing Up. 
And as I was thinking about that title, and we're talking about growing up spiritually, a lot of people want to get higher in prosperity. A lot of people want to get higher in health. A lot of people want to get higher in whatever, strength. Do you know, it's not just going there. You've got to grow there. Yeah. Growing up is not a cut down. You want to go up? You're going to have to grow up into some of these areas. You know what I mean? You don't have to grow up to be saved. You don't have to grow up to be righteous. But there are some things you have to grow up to in the area of being more trustworthy. God being able to trust you with more power. You don't want to put a rifle in a little child's hand. It doesn't mean you don't love that child. It just means they're not ready for it. And it doesn't mean they don't have a right to it. It's just they're not ready for it. It may be in their inheritance, but they're not going to get it when they're childish. A car. Keys to a car. Are you kidding me? You can love your child and not give them the keys to the car. Giving them the keys to the car might mean you don't love them. Because they can't handle it. They're not, they haven't grown up enough yet. There's a lot of things the Lord wants to release in our life that are already ours, but He can't until He knows they won't pull us away from Him. They won't cause us to be destroyed or hurt somebody else. There's a lot that God wants to turn up in our life. And before He can, we've got to prove to Him that we have the integrity and the character and the stamina to handle it. To not be selfish with it. So in 1 Peter chapter 5. First, now, now why would they be praying that the church grows up if it was automatic by reason of time? All right. Look at 1 Peter 5. This, this is probably one you, haven't, you don't have on your refrigerator at home or your mirror. But maybe we should put it on there. Look at this. Peter says that the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, not one amen. <laughs> not one preach it, Pastor. Good word. I didn't listen. This is the Bible. After that you suffered a while, make you perfect, which means complete and mature. This is King James, it means mature. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now, we all like the settling part. We all like the strengthening part. We all like the established part. We all like the perfection part, the mature part, right? How do you get there? Hmm? How do you get there? By enduring some stuff. Let me make this clear right up front. He is not talking about suffering sickness or disease or fear or poverty or lack or anything Christ suffered for us. He's talking about the kind of suffering Jesus did as our example, not as our substitute. Whatever he suffered for you as your substitute Resist that suffering. I, I mean, you can stand against it boldly because it doesn't come from the Lord. The Lord's not going to die to free you from it and then say, here, I'm going to teach you something with it. That's schizo. And God's not schizo. Right? No, what Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases so you wouldn't have to. By his stripes, ye were healed. His body was broken so yours could be free. So these kind of sufferings, you need to recognize these kind of sufferings you resist. You say no to. You believe for healing to override those areas. Are you listening, church? You say, well, pastor, I thought sometimes God wanted us sick to teach us something. Well, you thought wrong. Now, I didn't say you can't learn something in times like that, but that's not God's way of teaching. That's just man's way of learning. If you wait, if I wait till things get so bad before we look up, that's not God's way of teaching. That's our way of learning. Come on, we don't have to wait for it to get terrible before we start reading the Bible. You don't have to wait till your heart starts beating irregularly before you go to church. It's sad, but many people do. But you don't have to. You can be like the wise men from the East and seek the Lord because you're wise, not because you're half dead. This scripture is not talking about sickness. It's not talking about disease. It's not talking about lack. It's not talking about poverty. It's talking about other kinds of sufferings that Christians are called to. 
Now, this is the kind of message that, you, you know, maybe not everybody wants to hear. But if you want to grow up and develop and please the Lord and be a greater blessing, you're going to be glad you heard this. I'm not dumb. I know there's all kinds of churches you could go to. They're not going to challenge you in these areas. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're going to say, you know, you don't have to do anything. Well, I have news for you. If you want to grow and develop and be trusted with more power and be a better help to certain people, you're going to have to be interested in growing up spiritually. One of the traits of a spiritual child is they can't stay steady long enough to get any developing going on in their life. They're spasmatic. They're tossed to and fro. They have no, you can't rely on certain people because they're still childish. They're here one year, next year they're gone, you know. It's like it's hard to rely on spiritual children. And you don't want to put spiritual children in certain places of responsibility because you'll probably be let down. Sure, it's quiet in here. <laughs> okay, so let's read it again. The God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, he'll make you perfect or mature, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So, this settling, this maturity, this establishing, this strengthening doesn't happen just by reason of time going by. It happens because you've endured some stuff. Are you following? Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. I'm going to read this to you right now because I think it'll, it'll sink in and help us with this next verse that we're going to read. Some people's conscience are bothering them, which is awesome. Anything that bothers your conscience bothers your faith. You can't fool your conscience. And some people's consciences are bothering them because they know they're not living up to the level of spiritual maturity they should be. And it's hurting their faith. Well, you don't want anything to bother your conscience. You want to make sure your conscience is clear. So that's why we got to come up in some of these areas because we know we need to put away some things. What did Paul say when I, he said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish thinking. I put away childish talking and I put away childish reasoning. That's not something God's going to pluck out of your life or some. You're going to have to put it away when you realize I'm growing up. I'm going to put this away. Well, if God doesn't want me to have it, he'll just take it. No, he said, and when you grow up, you start putting some things away yourself. Now, this, this may sound really interesting to you. But I've come to realize after 30 some years of ministry that a lot of people struggling with what we call habits and addictions. Now, I don't mean to be harsh. And I don't mean I just I need to say this, though. There is such a thing as deliverance through growing up and just accepting the fact that some things are a little tough. It's life. <laughs> you can't get through somebody else praying for you. What you can only get through you growing up. Their prayers can help you grow up, but they won't make you grow up. The prayer we just prayed earlier won't make you grow up, but it'll help you grow up if you're serious about growing up. Some people just need to say, you know what? I'm going to stop this because I'm not a child anymore. We've grown up in a mamby-pamby society. You know, you can't always help people by making it easy on them. If we always keep helping people who could start helping themselves, we're building into them something that they're not going to have to develop certain spiritual traits. And they're, and, and they're going to remain in an immature state thinking that if people aren't helping them, something's wrong. One of the best things you can do sometimes for your kids is let them make their own decision, <laughs> right? 
I mean, this, this is one of the things that helped our kids to grow up, we think, properly and godly is because there came a time in our life where we said, you know what? You know we don't want you watching those movies. You know we don't want you doing this. We know we don't want, us, we don't want you doing that. But right now, it's your decision. Now it's between you and the Lord, not just you and mommy and daddy. And there were times they didn't make the perfect decision, but they had to realize that they couldn't blame us for making the wrong decision. Well, my mom said I couldn't go. Our dad said we couldn't go, telling their friends, well, we can't go. Amen. Sometimes you just have to let people feel a little bit of pain so they get their act together. I know we've even noticed this even in the financial area when, you know, when people come to the church and certain things. And sometimes if you keep helping people financially who could help themselves, they're never going to change. The Bible says he that doesn't work, who could work, don't let him eat. That's the B-I-B-L-E. That's love himself talking to us. You think that's not love? That's, no, that's love. The Bible says he that doesn't work. Now, I know that's not politically correct. <laughs> but there's a lot of things in the Bible that are not politically correct. But they are truth and they will set you free. Sometimes people have to get hungry enough to wake up. And if you keep feeding them, they'll never get hungry enough to wake up. Moving right along. So look at Ephesians 4. Let's just talk for a couple minutes here about the benefits of spiritual development. What, 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 what's in it for me? <laughs> You guys, there are supernaturally powerful, life-changing benefits to growing up spiritually. I think this is one of the greatest messages the Lord's given us as a church in the last 30 years. This is going to revolutionize our lives, our church, and this valley we're called to reach. So look at Ephesians 4 and verse 8, and then we'll skip down to verse 11 and read a few verses there. Paul said that, wherefore, he says... When Jesus ascended up on high, after he died and rose from the dead, he led captivity captive, which we don't need to talk about that tonight. And when he, before he left the earth realm, he gave gifts. Well, actually, as he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. Everybody say gifts. Jesus gave gifts unto men. Anybody interested in the gifts from the Lord? It must be pretty good if he gave them, right? Well, let's go to verse 11 and find out what those gifts are. He gave some apostles. In other words, some people are called and gifted and empowered by God to be apostles. We need the apostolic influence in our church, and we have it. Jesus gave some prophets. Some people are anointed and empowered by God to be prophets in the New Testament. Some gifts he gave us our evangelists. It's interesting that he says these evangelists are also for the church. You think evangelists is just out there to win the lost. You read here in a couple of verses, these gifts were to help the church out. There's something about an evangelist that needs to get into every believer in the church. As they see him minister in that capacity, as they see an evangelist operate in that office. It should stir us up to do similar things in our orbit of life. And he gave some pastors, I'm a pastor, and he gave some teachers. Now, why would the Lord give us these gifts? Well, number one, he loves us. It's called the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gifts from Jesus to us. To say or to think we don't need these gifts is to say we don't need what Jesus said we needed. All right, so why did he give these gifts? For the perfecting of the saints. Now, when I went to the Catholic Church, I had no idea that every born-again believer was a saint. I thought it was just the statues on the side. You know, St. Joseph, St. Jude, St. whoever. But me, I'm not a saint. I'm just a we're unworthy worm trying to do my best, you know, make my confessions. If I, if I sin, go to the priest and tell him what I did and say my Hail Marys and say my Our Fathers. And <clears throat> but then I got saved. Amen. 
And I realized every born again Christian is a saint in God's eyes. Paul wrote the whole book of Ephesians to the saints that are in Christ Jesus, to the faithful. You're either a saint or you're an ain't. <laughs> I mean, you, you got, if you want to get to heaven, you got to be a saint. And this is something that happens when you're born again. You may not feel like a saint. You may not have a little halo here, but you are a saint in God's eyes. Right. He doesn't make anything less than saints when we're born again. So when he says the perfecting of the saints, he's talking about the maturing and the completeness of the church, the body of Christ, every, every individual believer. These gifts are given to help us to get strong and to get equipped. Now, one of the actual, a lot of translations, probably a lot of your translation says for the equipping of the saints. When we go to church, we don't go to church like we go to a movie theater. Okay, go to a clean movie now and then just don't go to the unclean ones. <laughs> My advice. But when you go to church, we're not here to be entertained because entertainment won't help you in the evil day. And the evil day comes to everybody. And we've seen people ready for the evil day and overcome what doctors said they couldn't overcome. And we've seen people not ready for the evil day and not overcome. And people from the outside say, well, I guess God just loved them more than them or had a purpose for them to, to be healed and them not. No, somebody was ready and somebody wasn't. It had nothing to do with God. He wants everybody overcoming. Everybody. And when you go to church, you're going to hear a lot of things that you want to go back and hear. And when you go to church, a good church, you're going to also hear some things you hope he doesn't preach on next Sunday. <laughs> Why? Because we want to grow. We don't want just to be entertained. Entertainment won't help you if you get a cancer doctor report. But equipping will help you overcome it. No sweat. Equipping can save your life. And that's why these gifts were given. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting or the equipping or the maturing of the saints. And one translation says, so the saints can do the work of the ministry. I know you think I'm the only one in the work of the ministry because I'm the pastor. Actually, I'm like the teacher in the classroom. I don't usually leave the classroom. But you are. And you need to take what you learn and go out there and do something with it. Now, I go out there, too. We do, the, we do what we're talking about. But we need everybody doing it. For, for the work of the ministry. Now, notice, for the building up of the body of Christ. Keep going. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now, I want to say something about this. He's talking about, well, let's read on. For, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a mature man all of us together, the body of Christ, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're going to come back to this verse. Go to the next one. That we from now on, Paul said, be no more children. They were not physical children. That he, he was not preaching to a class of toddlers. He was preaching to a bunch of adults like we are right now. And he said, it's time for us adults to be no more spiritual children. Reasonable time has gone by. There needs to be measurable progress. I'm going to say that again. God expects measurable progress in our lives after reasonable time. Measurable progress in reasonable time. God expects that. Hmm? That we from now on, Paul said, be no more children. Now, what's, what's one of the traits of a child? Now, I want to say this before we go any further. You'll find the word babe or baby referring to spiritual development. You'll find the word children, like you see it here, relating to spiritual levels of, of growth. And then you'll also find manhood when it comes to spiritual development. There's three stages of spiritual development. Babyhood, childhood, and manhood. You know, we kind of live in an interesting society because there was no teenage years in Bible days. It was babyhood, childhood, then bar mitzvahs, and what if for the girls, and then adulthood. This teen year, I think, is a, an attack of the enemy. To, to, to make teenagers think, oh, well, we're kind of between childhood and kind of between. No, you're, you're, teens are supposed to be adults. That's right. That's right. 
That teen year, the devil has used that to get a lot of people to waste many years of their life thinking, I'm not an adult yet. Um, when I get to be 20 or 21, then I can start acting like an adult. That's a ripoff of many years that a young man or a young woman could have been doing higher level things for the Lord and for others. But there's three stages of spiritual growth. There's, the Bible says, don't, don't go there, but let me just quote, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. He's talking about spiritual babies. When you're born again, you're a baby. And spiritual growth, just like natural physical growth, is a process. I encourage you to start the process now or increase the process now. And don't be disappointed if three weeks down the road you're not where you want it to be spiritually. Just keep growing. Keep moving forward. You know, you can grow out of certain problems you've been trying to get everybody to pray you out of. You know, you can grow stronger than a lot of these problems. And not even need deliverance from them. You can just grow stronger than the problem. Did you know that? You know, I know when I was a kid, <laughs> back in El, uh, California, Southern California, growing up with my family, um, I remember this. I was like, oh, probably five or six years old, something like that. I remember this Ham's beer commercial would come on. I don't know if you remember that. It was like, doom, 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 doom. It was like this little Indian drum and this bear, boom, 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 boom. It scared me. Every time that commercial came on, Johnny ran out of the living room and into the bedroom under the covers. And something about that. It scared me. Well, um, I didn't have to get delivered from that. I just grew up. You know, the answer for your kids that are afraid of the dark is not keep the light on. You don't want them afraid of the dark when they're 14 years old. You don't want them afraid of anything. What's the answer to being afraid of the dark? Oh, Pastor, pray that I be delivered from fear of the dark. No, just grow up. Just learn a few more things, right? Grow up, develop, and you can get free through growing up. There is deliverance through growing up. Some of these people that are struggling with these lust things and issues in that area, you just need to grow up. Yeah. Oh, Pastor, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Well, just keep growing. I know it sounds a little harsh, but friend, it's freedom. It's freedom. We need to grow. We, we need to not think that we're just, oh, it's, you just keep backing down because it's just so hard. Welcome to life. <laughs> right? Come on, man. If we stopped growing every time it got tough, when we go to the gym, we'd never develop at all. You know the saying, no pain, no gain, right? Everybody wants the gain, but they don't want any pain. Just pray for me. No, work out. Just pray that I'm Mr. America. You don't go be Mr. America. I can pray till my jaws ache and I can rub every, every hair off your head by laying hands on your head. You're not going to be anything unless you work out. Pray for strength to work out. Money to get a membership, cl uh, club membership. But then you've got to go work out. So let me just say this, guys. We can't go too long tonight, but let me say this. He's talking about being no more spiritual children. Now, what's a trait of a spiritual child? They're unreliable. You can't depend on them. That's what toss to and fro means. When it comes to spiritual things. Unreliability. Easily frustrated. Easily hurt. Tossed. Now, it's interesting how he, he relates this to a spiritual child. And let me say it again. Nothing wrong with a spiritual baby. If they were just born. <laughs> right? Nothing wrong with a spiritual child. They're cute. They're wonderful. They're amazing. The problem in some local churches has been that all the spiritual nurseries and all the spiritual bottles are still in the hands, in the possession of the ones who shouldn't be needing them anymore. We need those freed up for the other ones. 
Well, Pastor, I just, I just think you should come visit me more. How long, how long have you been born again? Well, 25 years. No, you should be visiting other people. I'm not going to visit you <laughs> unless you really, really need to. Because there are people that really need these things. You know, it said when Isaac was weaned. Um, was it Isaac? I think, yeah, I think it. Maybe it was talking about David's son. One of the sons of one of the patriarchs was weaned from the breast. And it says they threw a party. It was a celebration time. The kid was growing up. You got to watch out because when it's time to be weaned, the temptation is going to be to bawl and squall. It's actually a really good time when you can start doing some things for yourself. It's not supposed to be a terrible time. It's supposed to be a joyful time. The kid's growing. So this spiritual locating verse here tells us that children spiritually are tossed to and fro, unstable, hard to be committed, carried about with every wind of teaching. It didn't even say it was evil teaching. Well, what, what, what Christian's going to follow evil teaching? By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into Christ in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Next verse. Now from Jesus, the whole body is fitly joined together and held together by that which every joint supplies. In other words, a church isn't going to grow and a church isn't going to stay together just because the pastor's doing his job. Every joint got to be supplying what God's given them if the church is going to grow and stay together like it's supposed to. According to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now, if you would go back to, oh, what did I say? Was it verse 13? Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now, I wanted to point this out. Now, we're kind of doing a little scatter shots here tonight. We'll get specific in these areas of babyhood, childhood, and manhood. But one of the things about childhood spirituality is they're tossed to and fro. Let me say this. If, if the Spirit of God is in it, whether it's a teaching or whatever, there'll be unity. Division is of the devil. Anybody that says their division is the Lord is actually immature. Love doesn't divide. The enemy fights spiritual growth in believers' lives because spiritual growth is the greatest thing next to being saved that could happen in your life. He wants to mess up the growth process. He wants division in the church. He wants uh, unfaithfulness, lack of commitment. Why? Because let's face it, man. I mean, come on, if we're not functioning on the part we're called to be. It's like this whole altar having a bunch of car, uh, all the car parts needed for 2019 Mercedes Benz. But what good is that if they're not put together? Whoop-de-doo. There needs to be an assembling in the body of Christ if we're going to go anywhere, if we're going to do anything. And it takes maturity to realize I've got a place. And something real bright might appear over here, but you know what? This is my place. Something real shiny might appear over here, but you know what? This is my place. Not that you can ever go beyond and do certain other things, but there's a place, there's a rooting, there's a call for everybody in the body of Christ. And when we recognize that call and get committed to that call and not let anything blow us to and fro, we're growing up. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. This is a very good indicator to, to see Because anything that's against unity, it's not mature. 
Sometimes people think they're so mature that they're going to go do something else when really they're so immature they can't stay long enough just because a few disagreements or things that, you know, rub them the wrong way. Spiritual maturity is seen in the tough times. Everybody said praise the Lord. The word perfecting, I believe, go to the verse before this. So these gifts were given for the perfecting of the saints. I wanted to read you the Greek definition of the word perfecting. I looked it up in the Greek concordance. It means to strengthen. It means to perfect. It means to complete. It means to make one what he ought to be. Is that amazing? Go to, go to one more scripture. We've got time for this. Go to Colossians 2. Now, one of the benefits of growing up spiritually is our ability to help other people is going to be greater. Actually, did you, do you got those three little graphics that I put up there? Um, I wanted to show you a couple of these graphics to show you something that's kind of interesting. The JPEGs that I sent you, either one's fine. It doesn't matter. Just put one of them up there. Now, you like my little graphic there? That's a carrot, okay? <laughs> All right. You see the little guy on the left? Baby, okay? Cool. Babies are cool. I mean, there'd be no adult if there was no baby, right? You've got to come through babyhood. You've got to go through it. But the baby on the left there, and then you've got, maybe we call him a toddler. But as you go to the right, notice what happens. What happens? Anybody know what happens? You become a major blessing to somebody else. That's good. Right? Because yeah. carrots don't eat themselves. I don't know if you ever know. They, they don't. Carrots are eaten by people or animals or life forces, right? <laughs> so the carrot grows, and really, without that, there'd be nothing for somebody else. So one of the greatest benefits to growing up is what we're going to be able to do for other people. The fruit, the power that God's going to be able to turn up in our life, the anointing, the ability to help. You know, if God turned up miracle power in some people's lives right now, they would, they would get all messed up in their priorities. I heard of a, a man overseas, this was many years ago, kind of around the time of the great Welsh revival, which was a century ago or more. And I don't want to mention his name, but there's this man who was called to the ministry through a vision. The Lord appeared to him and showed him a bleeding lamb on a wall. And it so touched his heart that he, a healing ministry dropped into his life. And, um, and it's interesting how sometimes the Lord will do these things, even though he knows there's going to be some mess ups later. He still does these things because of his love and his callings and his gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But this guy had this amazing healing ministry, so powerful that even high-ranking government officials were coming to him. They're getting delivered, getting healed, especially from paralyzed conditions. And, you know, but when you have that kind of power operating in your life, you may be mature when you started, but you can drift after you started because of so much success in your life. You really have to be on guard for good stuff that's going to try to bring you down or give you a big head or pull you away from where you're supposed to be on the inside. And so he's having tremendous success. And I heard Lester Summer, I'll tell this story. The man's name was Stephen Jeffries. You could look it up if you want. But he was getting all kinds of people healed. And one day, now I don't know what led up to this. I'm sure there's a few things you could see, how the mighty are fallen. You can look and see. But one day he stood up and he said, the world is at my feet. Because they were coming to him from everywhere. And they were being healed by the power of God. And I don't know where exactly it went off, but he said, you know what? The world is at my feet. I mean, that's a big mistake. And not too long after that, he died in a wheelchair of the disease he was able to help other people get healed of. So if, if God turned up the power in some people's lives right now in the prosperity area, they'd be dead in three years. Because they haven't got a handle on the habits, the substance abuse, the alcohol, or whatever. And it's the mercy of God that he hasn't turned up the power. But he wants to turn up 
the power. You know one of the things you, we have to watch out about? You have to watch out about when things are going real good, we start slipping in our commitments to God in our church. That's one of the reasons God can't get super behind in some of these areas because, and if He does, and you are right, you've got to watch out and make sure you don't get off course after all the success starts coming your way. Solomon's a great example of that. Show the other graphic up there. I wanted you to see that. Growing up spiritually has a lot to do with being a blessing to others. Same thing. You see that there? See our little graphic? Little baby on the left? See the little child in the middle? Still no fruit though, right? No fruit. Got some nice green leaves. Maybe pleasant to look at. What's one of the main reasons we want to grow up spiritually, guys? Is because there's a dying, crying, sighing world all around us, and even some in our church, that need us bearing fruit. That only comes with growing up. That's good. Mm. Fruit is something that happens over time if things are done properly to that life. Mm-hmm. Fruit is something that develops. Now, in that scripture we read earlier, and I'll close with this, but in that scripture in Ephesians that we read earlier, it's talked about a trait of a spiritual child, which was their tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of teaching. You have to watch out because everything that's stamped religion doesn't mean it's fit for you to eat. Actually, one of the traits of a baby spiritual Christian is they'll eat anything they can get their hands on. If it even just seems religious, they'll grab it. Do you know in the natural, and I've seen it happen spiritually, in the natural, there are babies that have died because they found a piece of rotten food or they ate something that was on the floor. Anything their hand can find, they put it in their mouth. That's a trait also of a spiritual baby. Their hunger is so amazing. All they know is if it's, if it's Christian, I want it. If it's spiritual, I want it. And they have to be watched. They have to be overseen. Because you could, you could there's poison out there. Do you realize that? Now, the enemy knows no dog is going to eat poison unless it's mixed with some good, real good food. And the enemy knows no Christian is just going to eat poison unless it's mixed with some scriptures out of context. Some biblical things. Nobody's just going to eat poison. So the enemy's got to wrap it in something good so that you bite into the bad. I've been to people's houses before. I've seen books in their library. I know there's poison in those books. It's like I just want to... And I I, I try to talk to them at times if I can. You know, there are some... I was reading after this one guy, a doctorate of divinity. This guy had books probably that would fill up that whole wall right there. And he was telling Brother Hagen, he said, Brother Hagen, he said, I got a doctorate in divinity. I said, I know a lot of stuff. I got all these books. I got a huge library. But he said, you know what? There's some books and there's some things I wish I never would have read. It's messed with my faith and I still can't get it out of me today. Junk. Things that tried to hurt me on the inside. Things that bother me to this day. This is why when people are born again in our church, I mean born again, not just backsliders coming back to the Lord, but people that are born again, we need to, as a church, take care of them. We need to love them. We need to pray for them. We need to visit them. We need to make sure they get back to church. You don't have a baby in the hospital and leave the baby on the hospital stairs. You've got to carry it for a while. Come on, man. We've got to carry it. And it's not all the pastor's job, and it's not all leadership's job. We should all be aware of these things. You know, a lot of times just coming to church is helping the babies get there because they see you're there. And they're following you whether you realize it or not. That's important stuff. I realize this as a pastor, too. I just realized the more you grow spiritually in the Lord... And we'll get into some specifics later. But the more you grow spiritually in the Lord, the more going to church is about serving than getting what you want. I'm not saying you don't go to get what you want. And I'm not saying you don't go to get what you need. But as you grow spiritually, it's more about serving and being there for somebody else, whether it's a smile or a handshake or adding your faith with the prayer line or just saying amen and showing young believers you should be in church. The more you grow in the Lord, the more you make decisions based on what blesses others than yourself. 
Dominic shared what was it last Friday about how a lot of people or most people or whatever, they think 85% about themselves and 15% about others. That needs reversed. Yes, it does. Especially as we're talking about growing up spiritually. And Carla just shared today during the offering that if you get in the giving mode, that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. But you're not even thinking about yourself when you're giving to others. It's amazing how God takes care of us better than we can take care of ourselves. And we'll, we'll leave with this. But in Colossians, it says that nourishment comes from Jesus to us through Joints and bands, other members of the body of Christ. And this toss to and fro thing has got to stop because a lot of people are not getting the nourishment they need and they're not growing and developing properly because they're doing more what they want than what the Lord said they should be doing. There's sometimes, I mean, even in our church, you're not just going to get fed in Faith Heights Church. You're going to encounter opportunities to grow or go. My advice is we grow. At times it's going to be tough. Jesus said was led of the spirit into the wilderness. Why? Well, one reason he had to use what he'd been learning. And don't think that the Lord just led you here because of wonderful spiritual feeding only. Lord also knows the challenges and things are going to happen connected with this church that you might have to deal with. (laughs) Amen. This is where we really grow. Some of the greatest spiritual advancements I've made in my life is when I was forced to my knees because of the situation problems that were surrounding me. Greatest spiritual advancements. It came after some suffering, after some enduring, after not getting my way, after, you know, you just need to know there's going to be challenges to try to push you away from the place you're getting your nourishment and your feeding And we've got to grow up in some of these areas. We can't get frustrated so easy. We can't get hurt so easy. Got to be reliable. Got to stay faithful whether anybody's acknowledging your faithfulness or not. These are things that are going to grow us up and it's going to do wonders for your faith. It's going to do wonders for your health. Wonders for your prosperity. Did you have that graphic that I wanted up there between scriptures? The the one that was called Growing Up Spiritually? Yeah. Yeah. So I I just, I felt like this was a perfect graphic because going up the staircase isn't going up to be saved. We're not trying to get to heaven. We're already saved. We're talking about higher levels of prosperity, fulfilling your high calling, ministry opportunities, promotion, inheritance. If you're trustworthy, of course, God's going to be able to pour it on. Stand up with me. I got to close. (laughs) I got to cut this off. But again, what the Lord's saying here, church? Very important stuff. 